All right, everyone. Well, welcome. We're on episode three. three. Holy smokes. Yeah. Three. Officially, it's officially been one month since we started quarantine. I fucking know. Officially a month since mm-hmm. they were like, don't come to work anymore. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and here we are. So we're desperately missing our jobs, but you yes. get a bike. My bike a came stationary in today. Bike, yes, not a, a normal bike. We have indoor that. indoor bike. I already have a bike that rides places. Now I have a bike that goes nowhere. <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> I love it so much. It only took a week to get here. I sort of impulse bought it. It was constantly on my mind. But Martha went and like took a shower and came out. And I was like, I bought a bike. <laughs> yeah. That's how that went. And it came six days later. It came very quickly. Yeah. It came in a giant fucking truck. So I yes. was like, Brittany bought a fucking castle instead of a bike. <laughs> but no. Nope. Just a bike. Mm-hmm. It's great. I rode for an hour today. I realized I am extremely out of shape. Can we just put that on a fucking sliding scale? Extremely out of shape for somebody who is very in shape. Yes. <laughs> so I am in average shape right now. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm so very And maybe your about jump it. rope will get here. Yeah, someday. and maybe the jump rope we ordered from Prime about the same about time. the same time. Maybe a day after. might come in at some point. Hey. <laughs> It's fine. It's all good. Yeah. So this is how we're getting through yeah, our quarantine. This is this is quarantine life. This is our new normal. Normal. Yep. Been making so many masks. Yes. But it's good. I bought a felting kit so I could make my own Animal oh, really? Crossing characters because I thought that would be You're cute. Ridiculous. Yep. We can craft together. I thought it would be really fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it was cheap. So there you go. I know. Wimp womp. I know. I got my taxes and I'm getting my stimulus checks and I'm like, Brittany, don't spend all of it. It's so you actually you you actually hard. need it so that you can pay your bills. Yeah. I need to stimulate our rent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I need to stimulate living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I got distracted. Martha and I have really cute pineapple cups. Beautiful cups because we were like, we're sad. We need to yeah, buy Yeah, so things. we went and got some snacks we yesterday. We splurge. And splurge at 99 cent store Very and cool. bought ourselves some plastic pineapple disco ball type cups for $3. They're fabulous. <laughs> they are fabulous. And that's what our seltzers are in today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We'll see how this does for well, a clink. Yes. <laughs> Plastic. It's fine. <laughs> they were $3. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but First, first let's, let's Talk Nerdy. All right. I am excited. This was a hard one to do because, I mean, everything is emotional, but like severely emotional attachments and problems when it comes to this. Oh, boy. But today, I am talking about... Cowboy Bebop. Oh, fuck. And specifically, the fucked up triangle that is Spike, Julia, and Vicious. Oh, no. So, I'm already getting teary. Oh, no. I'm having emotions. (laughs) So, Cowboy Bebop was the first anime I watched in completion back when it was, like, on Adult Swim. Oh, that's so cute. And I cried like the biggest baby. Okay, here's the deal. Last week... I was like, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VIII, you should go play it, but it's been out forever, so deal with it. This week, I'm telling you, if you have not watched Cowboy Bebop, pause where you are at in this podcast, go on to Hulu, watch the 26 episodes, and then come back. It is the best anime of all time. Genuinely, like, it's worth it. It is. The music, the characters, everything about it is incredible. The English voice actors are amazing. Yeah. The music is amazing. The plot line is fun and funny. It's just... It's worth it. It's so good. You should do that before you listen to this episode. Because this is basically a giant spoiler for everything of the series. And it's just too good. If you haven't watched it, you are missing Mm -hmm. out. Every time I rewatch Cowboy Bebop... I have struggles. So yeah. this was a struggle. Big, genuine emotions. Yes. And I couldn't really even, like, just look stuff up and read stuff because the past of Spike, Julian, Vicious is so cloudy. Tangly. 
yeah. and tangly and not really completely explained that a lot of it is you kind of filling in the holes yourself, which puts in your own opinion. So mm-hmm. a lot of things were people's opinions and just things that I'm like, I don't really know if that's true. I feel like you're just grasping for straws right now on that. So that. A, a bunch of this is going to be obviously also based on how my feeling of this situation, mm-hmm. but with everything that I can that came straight from the anime. I have a feeling we're similar. We're probably similar in how we feel. Yep. I never liked Vicious. I didn't realize how much I hated Vicious until I was writing this. <laughs> oh! Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Fair. And I basically wrote all of this myself. Unlike the past two weeks where it's been like, I'm basically quoting everything from what has already been written that I've just taken. So we'll see how that goes. I was going to say, if there's (laughs) a lot of emotions, we know where And a lot of just things that don't seem to flow together properly. (laughs) Because that's basically how the story is anyways. Things don't flow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Spike, Julia, and Vicious, Cowboy Bebop. Premiered April 3rd in 1998, so Aww. it just turned 22 a couple weeks ago. And it was only 26 episodes long. It was based off of a two-volume manga that came out in September of the previous year, which I have never read, so I don't know how close it is. Me um, The anime takes place in the year 2071. Space is a big thing, and crime is basically everywhere. So the story follows Spike Spiegel, which is our cactus's name, if you've been following us at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where it came from. But uh, the story follows Spike Spiegel and a group of bounty hunters, also known as cowboys, on different adventures. And they're all over fucked up lives because every single one of them is fucked up. Mm. The ship they're on is called the Bebop, which is how it got its name. Cowboy Bebop. Yes. So... It mostly focuses on, and we're definitely going to be focusing on Spike and the mess of his past, which is Julia and Vicious. Mm. Okay, so the anime starts with a bunch of random episodes, and most of the episodes are random. You can just watch them. You could watch them out of order. Mostly, there's not much plot to them, the, like, one-shot stories. Eventually, every so often, and then especially at the end, they start kind of tying Tying up loose ends, and that's when the plot mostly comes in. The first episode that shows anything of a plot is episode five, which is called The Ballad of Fallen Angels. This is the first episode where you start to see flashes of Spike's past, and this is where you see and meet Vicious. And you see flashes of a blonde who we later find out is Julia. Mm, Julia. So this is a huge part of who Spike is and why he does what he does. But there's actually only five episodes of the 26 that involve Spike, Vicious, and Julia. Ah. And Julia herself doesn't actually appear in person until the last two episodes. Any other time she's shown in the series is just memories. That's mindful. Yeah. So you never really get the full story of Spike's past. So you just kind of have to put together what you can from the random blotches in the episodes. So you get introduced to Vicious when he is murdering Mao Yen Rai who is one of the big bads of the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate in episode five. So it's found out in this episode that Vicious and Spike were some sort of partners and possibly friends, and Mal was almost a mentor of sorts to both of them. Vicious kills the mentor and basically just takes over this role that Mal was in the Red Dragons. Now, somewhere along the way... Before they know Mao's dead, Faye wants to go capture him because he has a giant bounty on his head. Mm -hmm. And Faye ends up getting kidnapped by Vicious, and Vicious uses her to lure Spike to him. This is the first time that they almost kill each other. Vicious always has a sword. Spike always has his gun. Mm -hmm. Some reason Spike doesn't take a couple of steps back and shoots Vicious. (laughs) He still lets him slash him with his sword. And then Spike falls out of a window uh, after getting slashed. And um, he ends up being rescued by Faye and Jet and is nursed back to health. 
So, how did partners and friends end up trying to kill each other, and who and how does Julia play into all of this? Well, I'm going to tell you, Martha. Are you excited? So, for those of us who can't see anything, who is everyone who's listening, Brittany is doing the nerdiest fucking gesturing ever. Of course. What a goon. All right. Spike, Vicious, and Julia were all part of the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate. Spike and Vicious were some kind of comrades or possibly friends. And it's unclear if Spike and Julia know each other at first. But she seems to be in some kind of relationship with Vicious. And there is like a flashback to where they're both naked in bed with one another, obviously. I hate you. I hate you and I hate everything. They were probably fucking. (laughs) There we go. Death by shnoo shnoo? No, hopefully not. (laughs) That's a terrible death. Is it though? I mean, probably yes. (laughs) Depending on how it happens. If you think about it. Wasn't there a story where, like, we're ranting now, but wasn't there, like, the people were having sex? during like a thunderstorm and they got electrocuted and they were wearing a condom and because of that it like melted and fused them together and one of them was dead and the other one was stuck i don't (laughs) know but oh my fucking god martha's face right now is great Oh, yeah. no. I think it'll even be like an urban legend thing, but I definitely have heard that somewhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. They were trying to stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I hate you so much. All right. I'm just trying to not get fucking pregnant. It's true. Anyways, Vicious and Julia's relationship, what it actually was is unclear. It's just all this conjecture. You know. Yes. Uh, context clues, mm-hmm. I think is what I was going for. Mm-hmm. They uh, could have been dating. They could have just been in some kind of relationship of convenience. I personally don't think love was ever no. a factor in their relationship. And Vicious shows a lot of behavior of a psychopath. I looked up the difference between psychopath and sociopath. Oh, good. Yes. Um, which it isn't that different. No. A sociopath tends to be more hot-tempered and doesn't plan things out and actually does have a little empathy and emotion, while a psychopath has none of that and is very calculated in what mm. they do. We listen to a lot of murder podcasts, and we were talking about this the other day. Yep. So things like, I list them, lack of empathy. Um, He's very manipulative as he turns a bunch of the syndicate against Mal. And then when he takes over, the elders of the syndicate are just like, okay, whatever. And yeah, um, he acts like a martyr, which we'll get into a lot later. He's very deceitful, a character I don't talk about a lot, Gren, which is in a couple of the episodes. basically throws Gren under the bus, even though Gren was like, I thought we were comrades. We were in a war together. Mm. Um, he's very callous, both physically and verbally, and many things like that. All signs of a psychopath. Mm. This is where I started to realize I don't like Vicious. Oh, huh? so, <laughs> this is it. There are also a lot of examples to make me believe that Vicious might have been obsessed with Julia or almost felt like She's mine. She's my possession. Yeah, gross. Things like in episode 12, which is Jupiter Jazz part one, Vicious uses Julia's name as a code for his whole drug operation. But you could also go and flip that around and say Vicious is obsessed with Spike. Feels like he owns Spike. Yeah. And he used things like Julia's name to lure him in and things like that. And we'll also get more into that situation later. Either way, I think Julia feels like she's probably trapped and it's just easier in a bad situation. She's in a drug fucking uh, syndicate and like she's with this guy that is clearly fucking not okay. And she's just kind of like, okay. And she doesn't probably feel like she's a great person either because she is also involved with all this shit and probably has murdered plenty of people. So she's probably just like, well... Baby. This is my life, so we'll just go with it. It's fine. We'll love you anyway. Yep. Okay, so Spike and Vicious, um, partners, friends, whatever, we're not 100% sure what they were. And then Vicious and Julia are in that some kind of romantic sexual relationship. Now, Spike and Julia. At some point when Spike was in the, the syndicate, 
He blah, was blah, on blah. some mission, drugs, whatever. I don't know. On some mission or drugs? Some, I mean. A mission for drugs. Yeah, probably. And um, it went wrong and he got really, really hurt. This is when, enter Julia, she's wearing, like, a sweater, a skirt, a cute little apron. She's humming, nursing him back to health. Nothing like that femme fatale in that black cat suit Ugh. that we all think of her in, which is super hot, but also this really it's good to have cute both. inside. Yeah. And this is where the two end up falling for each other, and they start their affair of sorts, whatever you want to call Delica. it. Yeah. Which is of the heart. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck you. <laughs> Honestly, is... fuck me. That's super annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is basically the beginning of the end for the trio. We're just going to ignore you. And Vicious catches wind of the whole situation, but I don't think he acts immediately. He just lets it do its thing. All while, he, I feel like he's just trying to manipulate and possibly brainwash his friends. I use that term lightly. A little bit, which is all part mm-hmm. of that psychopath tendency. In episode 13, which is Jupiter Jazz Part 2, Spike is thinking he's going to die for the second time in this series. And he... <laughs> Wait, which episode is this? Jupiter Jazz Part 2. What number? Uh, episode 13, when okay. they're on that planet with no women and Gren's there. Yes. And yeah. So. I'm just wondering for our like track record of how many times we think we're going to die during... Yeah, so he thinks he's going to die the first time in episode five, and then and he's falling out the window after We're the doing gun sword fight. And this time he gets shot, and he thinks he's going to die. Both of those are fair. <laughs> yes. So while he think he's thinking he's going to die, he remembers some quotes from Vicious and Julia. Vicious says... I'm the only one keeping you alive and the only one who can kill you. Talking to Spike, which is very manipulative. It's so gross. And almost, that once again, that possession. You are mine. I, yes. Which I was to talking do about with earlier. what I want. And then also said to Spike, but referring to Julia, be careful when you're with that woman, which is like planting seeds of doubt, doubt. in this trust and relationship that they are building up. And then Julia says to him, to Spike, women are all liars. You should know that. Now, like I said earlier, I doubt Julia has high standards of herself or people in general. But I feel like that's something I could see Vicious saying to her all the time. Yeah. And then she just starts to believe it. Yeah. Which is a sign of a psychopath. Yep. That's the one. Not the one. There are many. (laughs) That's one of them. (laughs) All right. So Spike ends up getting fed up with all the syndicate shit. And he's like, I want out. And he asks Julia to come with him. He has a plan. He wants to fake his death because she's like, they're going to kill you. And he's like, okay, fine. Let them think they'll kill me. Then we run away together. Just run away and we can go live a life. And I quote, he says, like, everything's a dream. And this dream concept comes up a lot when it comes to Spike and Julia. So he tells her, he's like, hey, meet me at the graveyard. I'm sure he gives her a time or whatever. And we'll run away together. And she's like, I can't, even though she probably really wants to. Mm -hmm. He gives her a note that tells her what to do. And she takes it. Spike goes off does whatever he needs to do to run away and pretend he's dead. And along the way, this is finally where Vicious is like, okay, I'm going to take action Mm -hmm. to, I know there's something going on and I'm going to be a dick. So (laughs) he goes to Julia's. He's basically just going to be a psychopathic asshole. That's a drink. (laughs) I know something's going on, so I'm going to be a dick. So he goes to Julia's, holds a gun to her head and says, I quote, so you are going to betray me. Do you really think you could just leave? Keep dreaming, Julia. It's never going to happen. So she asked Vicious if he's going to kill Spike. And he's basically just like, no, you're going to kill Spike or I'm going to kill both of you. Which is another thing that psychopaths do. (laughs) And it goes back once again is this an act of, does he feel like he owns Julia? Like, I'm going to tell you what to do. Or does he feel like he owns Spike? 
I can't tell who he's obsessed with, but he's obsessed with someone. <laughs> or he's obsessed with both of them. That was going to be my thing. <laughs> and he Why not both? wants them both and he doesn't want them to have each other. So Julia is basically like, you know what? Fuck this. She rips up Spike note and she runs. She runs from Vicious, she runs from the syndicate, and she runs from Spike. Exact reason unknown why she wouldn't just go run with Spike. I don't know. She's probably scared. She didn't want to drag Spike down, especially yeah. if she runs, they're going to go after her. If they think Spike's dead, they're going to leave him alone until they find out that he's not dead. Um, well, two targets together is and, a lot easier yes, to find. exactly. So she runs, and... Spike tells Jet during a heart-to-heart that she was, I quote, she was a part of me I lost somewhere along the way, the part that was missing, the part that I was longing for. <laughs> I know. This is all in the, like, the second to last episode where you know everything's just going, like, going to oh, go no. wrong. You just know, and you're like, no. <laughs> like, I'm already crying, and I know things are going to go poorly. <laughs> yep. So she, when she ran and she left Spike waiting in that cemetery, she took that part away from him. And you can tell he's just a fucking hot mess trying to get through life right now. Baby. Okay. So that's basically all they give us of the past. That is, I brought in the quotes. I watched the episodes way too many times. I'm really Mm -hmm. sad about it. Probably not the best thing to do while I'm in quarantine and can't communicate with other people, (laughs) but it's okay. You know, my mental health. We're making good choices. (laughs) This is what we're doing for you, audience. (laughs) Of like two people, that's fine. Of Kevin. (laughs) Anyways, this is the past and now we're into the present. So their story, I spelled their wrong, wrong version of it, (laughs) though not completely cleared up, does have an ending. Yes. I briefly mentioned earlier about some elders of the syndicate that didn't seem to care that he killed Mal, but it's fine. So episode 25, The Real Folk Blues, which is the second to last episode. Which is the theme song. Yes. Which will make you cry. Such a good song. Which will make you cry more. The seatbelts are so good. Ugh. The second and last episode opens with Vicious wanting to completely take over the Red Dragon. And he attempts to kill all the elders. There's three of them. And uh, his plan fails. They know something's happening. And they capture him and throw him in their version of prison to be... Prison? <laughs> prison to be executed. <laughs> now... The first time in the anime we finally see Julia, that isn't just a memory. She's been on the run, and she gets a message from someone on the inside of the syndicate that's been trying to help her out. That's like, hey, Vicious fucked up. They're going to execute him, and they're going to come after you and Spike because they see you as threats. Mm. You need to fucking move, and you need to be fucking careful. The next scene Spike and Jet are at a bar and the bar starts to get shot up. The poor bartender gets killed. Jet gets shot in the leg. They escape. It's the syndicate trying to come after him. And then the next scene, Faye is just like chilling somewhere and Julia drives by getting chased by the syndicate. She shoots out the tire of the car chasing her and jumps in the car and helps Julia get away. So because Faye has this encounter with Julia, Julia knows she's been keeping tabs on Spike. She knows that Faye knows Spike and she's like, hey, give Spike a message for me. Mm -hmm. I'll be waiting for him there. That's all. He knows what it means. Tell him I'll keep waiting. That's what she tells Faye and then drives away in her sweet ass bitch red convertible. And so Faye goes back to the bebop. And tell Spike the message. And Spike tries to act all nonchalant about it. But then Faye's like, people are trying to kill her. And he's all like, oh no. And he flies off to go and find her. Because Spike is a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So meanwhile, while all this is happening, Vicious manages to turn enough people on the Red Dragon to his side. And when he's about to be ex- uh, executed, he is broken free, kills all the elders, and completely takes over the Red Dragon. Fucking A. Okay. Final episode. 
pause for 20 minutes while Martha cries <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> so kind of funny because it's true. This little triangle gets all tied up in a very messy and bloody bow. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so Spike meets Julia at the graveyard and she tells him he didn't she didn't come that day because she was supposed to kill him. And if she had, she would have been free. But instead, she ran and was still being hunted. Spike asked her why she just didn't do it. And she counters with the, I quote, why did you love me? She pulls him into an embrace and then they run off. Okay, so we're never really sure the answer that Spike gives. I guess he doesn't really give her an answer, but he's like, we need to go get supplies. So he goes to get supplies that he stored at an old friend's place um, that him and Julia knew. And she ends up being killed. They come in and she's already bleeding out. Annie, if you remember her, a little like shopkeep. I do. And with that... Basically, Spike just ends up going back and getting a whole bunch of guns and he's loading them up. And Julia's like, if we run away together, you're not going to need all of those. And he doesn't, he just looks at her and doesn't really say anything. And so basically she's like, okay, I'll be with you. And then she says, quote, I'll be with you to the end. Literally not even 30 seconds later. I die on the crowd. <laughs> I lie on the ground. <laughs> And cry. So 30 seconds later, there's like a scene with Faye and and Jet. But it's like if you go back to the scene of Spike and Julia, it's Mm -hmm. not even 30 seconds in the timeline. All the shit hits the fan. There's a big gunfight. They're running upstairs. They're firing at people. There's people dying. Spike yells uh, for Julia to get down. She drops and she he shoots some guy behind her. She gets up. And as she's making her way towards him, the guy apparently didn't die, shoots Julia in the back. Spike shoots him, actually kills him, runs over to her and cradles her in his arms. She whispers something to him that at this time we can't hear. Mm -hmm. And then she dies in his arms, which... Fuck. No one was really expecting when they first saw it. I don't think. I don't think I was expecting it. Usually when you watch animes, I mean, I watch like, you know, magical girl animes are fucked up, but like shoujos are still like, okay, things get me happy. And you think, okay, it's the last episode. They're going to get away. No. Julia's dead. Everything is terrible. (laughs) Julia is dead and everything is terrible. So Spike ends up back on the bebop. He has some dinner and jokes around with Jet. And he talks to Faye, giving her some personal information, which he never does. Mm -hmm. And she even points out where she's like, don't fucking do this. This is where we find out that one of Spike's eyes are fake. And Uh he says that he... Like Columbo. (laughs) I guess. Just in case you were wondering. (laughs) Or Thor. (laughs) Anyways, he talks about his eye. And he says he's always seeing the present in one and past in the other when Faye's like, why the fuck can't you just let this go? And he's like, I can't because I have a fake eye. (laughs) Okay. He says, like I said, seeing the present in one eye and past in the other, like I was watching a dream I could never wake up from before I knew it, the dream was all over. So you can only assume that he's talking about shit with Julia. Um, He also tells Jet about this like cat story about a cat that has like a million lives and he meets this other cat. When that cat dies and he dies, he doesn't end up coming back. And then he's like, Julia's dead. (laughs) And then Jet's like, oh, Julia's dead. That's rough. That's exactly what he said. Basically, basically, that's rough. (laughs) But so he talked about the dream once again, that whole dream thing with Julia and their relationship is always part of it. So he tells Faye because Faye's all like, don't do it. You're just going to don't go and die. And he's like, I'm not going there to die, but to find out if I'm really alive. Oh, but in the end, he knows there's no way he's going there. And either he's going to die or Vicious is going to die. There's going to be a death. Mm. <laughs> so he finds Vicious and once again Vicious says he's the only thing that he can kill him but Spike fires back with a fucking ditto and is like I'm the only thing that can fucking kill you bitch and a battle ensues Spike tells him that Julia is dead and that they are finishing this now 
uh, Vicious pauses for a brief moment and then is like, okay, bring it the fuck on. Once again, he slashes Spike with his sword as Spike shoots him square in the chest and kills him. So Vicious is dead. So as of right now, Julia and Vicious are dead. Now Spike, not doing so great. No. He was hit a few times in his battle up to Vicious and then he got slashed. So... We see Spike hobbling down the stairs of the building that the syndicate's in, and it goes to a flashback to Julia, and this is where they let us hear her final words, where she just says, it's all a dream, and Spike responds with, yeah, just a dream. At this, back to Spike, he stops walking down the stairs. Everybody who is still alive, like, knows that Vicious is dead. He holds up his hand in the shape of a gun says bang and falls dead and then the series ends (laughs) and i cry like a baby (laughs) so i know we said at the top of this episode that you should watch this but maybe watch it when you're in a like less fragile place (laughs) well if you already listened to all this you now know what happens yes well now you know you should (laughs) you probably should have talked about this with your therapist (laughs) (laughs) So, in the end, the three were each other's downfalls. The cause and effect of most of their actions, attitude, emotional ups and downs, and ultimately, their deaths. Then I say, now please excuse me, and I'm going to go cry forever. That sounds about right. Sounds very fair. Yep. So that is... The story. The story. Well, that is the big part of Cowboy Bebop Mm -hmm. uh, between Spike, Julia, and Vicious. There's a bunch more that happens in Cowboy Bebop. The other characters, Jet and Faye and Ed, all get parts, too, that are really interesting. And it's just fun, and it's so good. But You'll love it, but also also just want to cry and curl up in a ball and drink a bottle. The last time, so I had to rewatch it multiple times, but the last time, back when we cosplayed Spike and Julia, when it was their 20-year anniversary... I finally watched the last two episodes and I ate a whole loaf of bread and drank a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> a whole loaf of bread. A whole loaf of bread. Oh no. Yeah. Yep. I am, you know, carbs in my feelings. <laughs> oh All no. Right. And that All is right. my story. I hope they can hear me pouring more booze into my cup. Pour one out for yourself. (laughs) Pour it right into your fucking mouth. Right into my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What topic am I going to fucking do? Let's go. Help, help. (laughs) I'm dropping every part of my entire life. Number going second is always hard because you've had a lot to drink at this point. (laughs) Because you can just drink the whole time the first person's talking. Exactly. And we usually have at least one drink beforehand. So at this point, Martha's like... Only one drink beforehand this time. I could have had more and I didn't. (laughs) All right. What are you doing? I'm really excited. What am I doing today? So I'm doing my fucking girl my queen the queen of the actual monsters fucking mothra (laughs) yes yes so my sources are wikipedia wikizilla which is a thing which is great and then there was also an article that i read called godzilla king of the monsters a history of mothra by don k on den of geek and it was pretty interesting So, yeah, Mothra is obviously one of my girls, and I love a female monster. It's a male-dominated industry, and it sucks. And I want to be all of the lady monsters forever and ever. Ah, fucking men. Also, I get called Mothra fairly frequently because my name is Martha, and they kind of go together. Thank you for explaining. Just in case you're too fucking stupid to figure this shit out, which you might be, it's fine. I also get called Marth Vader in case you couldn't have figured that shit out. Oh my god, that's also awful. Yeah, I didn't come up with it. Why? Don't just talk. Okay, so a little bit of history about me 
and Mothra and Godzilla and monster movies. So I grew up watching all of the old monster movies. So anything that was in black and white is something that I ended up watching when I was a child. There was one monster movie that I watched that was literally just rocks that kept growing bigger. That's not a fucking lie. I wish I could remember the name of it. Monolith Monsters. That's it. You should it. see if that's streaming. Oh my god. I sure hope so. It's literally, it's, they keep growing bigger, and I'm like, this is just, like, a, a rock. It's that now- falls on people and, like, crashes and shit. <laughs> Get out of the way! What are you gonna do? <laughs> so all of those movies came out during like the 50s and 60s, and during that time, there was a lot of weird fucking science going on. It was also the bombings in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's what Godzilla was created as a basically a metaphor for. So enormous, destructive, prehistoric sea monster that's created and awakened by nuclear radiation. So that's where Godzilla comes from originally. Also, a lot of the movies of that time were like, here, we've got a very big, scary monster, or ants that were turned very big, or anything like that. And it's all we're all very afraid of what's going on at the time, and so we put it into big giant monsters instead of ourselves. Which is fair. I feel that in a big way. I grew up watching these things because they are scary in air quotes, but they aren't going to give anybody nightmares because you're like, oh, this cute moth, how cute. This is clearly a dude in a suit. (laughs) This rock, I can see this rock has strings on it and it's clearly made out of fucking styrofoam. (laughs) Nobody even worked hard because they didn't have to because everything was in black and white. Oh, the easy days. (laughs) But yeah, Sam and I got really into the, like, Godzilla movies when we were young because we were like, oh, who doesn't love a big giant monster? Sam's her brother, for um, all of you who don't know. But yeah, so we watched anything that had Godzilla in the name. We were like, yes, give it to us immediately, please. Which is evidenced by the fact that we watched Godzilla and his son. His son's name is Menya. Okay. And he's like a little sad person in a, I don't know, slightly lizard uniform. It's incredibly embarrassing and also annoying as shit. Godzilla and his son came out in 1967, just in case you were curious for a date. Out of all of the movies you mentioned, (laughs) you give me the date for Godzilla and his son. We're going to get into more dates, but I thought that was really just... Just funny. I remember it being probably an hour and a half. It's 24 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't. It was the longest fucking 24 minutes of your life. My entire life, apparently. And I watched Monolith Monsters. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Godzilla had a lot of foes. I'm sure you probably already know that, even if you haven't watched any Godzilla movies uh, literally 13 of the Godzilla movies are called Godzilla versus or something versus Godzilla. 13. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's not including the ones where it's just named after whatever foe it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys didn't try. No. There is a Godzilla versus Mothra and a Mothra versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same movie, apparently. Now we know. They're two different movies. Mothra was the first of all of the kaiju, which is the name for all of the fancy Japanese monsters, to receive title billing alongside Godzilla. She was also the second only to Godzilla as far as number of appearances go, and is the only kaiju in the Toho universe, which is the creators of Godzilla, to get her own spin-off series. She's a queen and a half. So what is Mothra's fucking deal? So basically she is a divine giant moth. And if that sounds weird, it's because it fucking is. She's a goddess. She's also a big fucking moth. The scientific, and I use that term very, very, (laughs) very loosely, um, name for her is Titanus Masura, which is obviously giant moth. (laughs) Um, She has two forms. One of them is her larval form, and the other one is her as a giant moth, 
which ends up having more butterfly type well i mean when you think of a moss it's just white and boring exactly usually but a butterfly isn't at all intimidating Mm -hmm. until you look at their fucking face yeah they're actually really creepy but you're like oh no i know so pretty and then you're like oh no you're gonna fuck me up (laughs) because i got too close to your creepy fucking face (laughs) (laughs) wait you Um, mean they're not the cute smiley faces that are in my coloring book turns out they actually (laughs) have this really terrifying proboscis yes i did but mothra actually has mandibles so she can like chomp on your fucking face do moths have that no they don't i don't think they have proboscis proboscis <laughs> proboscis <laughs> i don't know if that's right but it sounds good and i don't fucking care either we'll have to look that up later exactly so Mothra's story usually revolves around death and rebirth, like Phoenix, but like way more interesting and a hundred <laughs> times cooler. Better. With all of the monsters that they find on Earth, so you've got like literally fucking piles of goddamn monsters. She's the only one that seems to be a protector of any type. She has <laughs> Once again, very clearly on my side of the couch. I just want to touch you. (laughs) Martha and I have had this weird foot touch thing the whole fucking month we've been quarantined together. At least once a week we have some weird foot touch thing where I either touch her foot with my hand or with my actual foot which is what happened right now. It's horrible. And usually I'm balled into the smallest position on the couch possible. And I'm like, what if I put my feet on your face? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, okay. Sorry, Mothra. Okay, so Mothra's amazing. She's amazing. She's incredible. So they had a version of her before they brought her into any of the movies um, that was like a book called The Luminous Fairies and Mothra. That was from 1961, so that's her first appearance. And then they bring her into Godzilla and the Godzilla era. Her story revolves around death and rebirth because she's constantly... Like Phoenix. Exactly. But I remember that before it. you awkwardly grazed my foot with yours. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it doesn't mean that she's never hostile because like, the phoenix is never hostile towards anyone ever. Well, I was talking about Mothra. I don't uh, fucking care. Well, you are. Well, you fuck you. We're not talking about that anymore. So also, <laughs> but yeah, she's a protector of Earth, even though we suck, including humans, even though we really suck. And there are plenty of times where we get in her way and make things more difficult for her, but she still ends up defending us instead of killing everything. And then she's usually accompanied by these two twin, tiny female fairies called Shobujin. And I'm probably fucking that up because you know I didn't listen to it earlier. <laughs> um, which means little beauties. So they're basically like these two adorable twin fairies that sit in your hand they're about that size so in at least a couple of the mothra stories either they find her egg and they're like okay we're gonna make this a tourist thing and everybody can come look at the egg how special which is the stupidest (laughs) fucking thing and then the little teeny fairies are like you shouldn't do that and they're like something new for our tourist trap We'll just put you in there, too. And they're like, no, don't do that. We're very small and adorable. And I believe that is both Gothra versus... Gothra. (laughs) That's the ship name. (laughs) Let's take a funky second and just deal with Gothra. Both Godzilla versus Mothra and Mothra versus Godzilla. Your face. (laughs) Like, it literally took you a second to be like, did I just say that? Did I just say Gothra? (laughs) It's just gothic Mothra. (laughs) 
just like <laughs> she's actually all black instead of all white yeah, exactly <laughs> and they just like change her eyes to red it's fine <laughs> in both godzilla versus mothra <laughs> and mothra versus godzilla they have essentially the same plot which is humans take something and make it into a tourist trap and then mothra's like bitches nah now we ain't gonna do that and it's great the first one is they take the fairies and they're like, oh, wouldn't it be fun for us to all look at the fairies and see how cute they are? And Mothra's like, nah, this isn't going to work. And then in the second one, they're like, we're going to take this really weird egg that we found and put it somewhere, which is a terrible, terrible idea. Like it isn't going to fucking hatch. And then she hatches and is like, mm, no, don't do this. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the times if she is fighting humans, it's because they were being fucking stupid about it. But most of the time when it comes down to like her fighting some big bad or her being like, hey, we need to team up in so many squeaks and weird moth sounds to Rodan and Godzilla we need to team up or else we're not going to beat this. And it happens, you know, fairly frequently that she <laughs> ends up time. being sacrificed for whatever. And like I said before, she is like the phoenix in that it's a death and rebirth, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. So if you're going to sacrifice someone, she is the one to be sacrificed. She knows. Because she'll be back later. She's like, yo, okay, I know you need some help. So I'll just hop fucking in here. I'll get sacrificed and then I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I'll see you in a, in a fucking few. Godzilla, my bae. Mm-hmm. Little hard eyes and emoji <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So in the Showa continuity, that was during the 60s. She's depicted as this mystical being that is worshipped by all the humans on her island, including the teeny little fairies i'm sorry every single time martha <laughs> talks about the fairies she makes like a little cup motion with her hand like I she's carrying them, them every Just single time <laughs> they have a couple standalone movies with her where she does her own thing versus one of his villains there's literally a trilogy which has a different version of mothra called I believe it's called Shin Mothra. And it's it looks like it's just made to fucking sell the worst, the worst action figures. Like Aqua Mothra. Is which, she aqua? Like aqua colored? No, she's ready to yeah. swim. She's swim ready. Armor Mothra. I don't think moths can swim. They can't. Pretty sure if their wings get wet, it ends wrong. That is the end. <laughs> that is just the end. Yeah. <laughs> Aqua Mar- Mothra. <laughs> Aqua Martha. <laughs> we really want to go swimming and we can't because our pool's closed. Yeah. It might happen anyways. I would be very surprised if it didn't. Armor Mothra, which is of course. baller as shit. Of course. And then Rainbow Mothra <laughs> and Lightspeed Mothra and Eternal Mothra. And all of these are different forms of... Leo Mothra, which seems to be a like, like son of Mothra type of thing. It's the only male Mothra, and he also has 12 oh. different action figure versions. Of course he does. <laughs> and they're like, maybe it's a female. I'm like, no, you called it a dude during the thing. And also you called it a dude during Rainbow Mothra, which means... I mean, I'm not going to put any queer conjecture into this, but, but also, but also. Rainbow Mothra is super gay. Just say. In the most recent movie, which was Godzilla King of the Monsters, which obviously you know that I saw and had a lot of feelings versus me. I know, I was sitting next to you in the yeah. movie theater. They played the Mothra theme and I started tearing up a little bit because I have a lot of feelings. You want to talk it. about crying over things in movie theaters? We don't. We had a long combo about that last night. But also, if we want to talk about things that you shouldn't cry about. <laughs> it's theme songs. Do we want to talk about fucking Bethany Maddox crying at the Zelda concert? Oh, fuck you, Bethany Maddox. <laughs> so, we can't take you anywhere. <laughs> nope. But yeah, in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. 
she hatches as her larval form and she kills a bunch of people because they're in the way and being dumb. And then at the very end, um, spoilers, she sacrifices herself for Godzilla and basically makes it so that he's more powerful. But you also see like little things, clips at the end where it says that she is being reborn. Just means that we're getting more Mothra in the future, which is literally all I ever want, ever. One of my favorite things that I saw about her was um, there were polls taken during the early 1990s that said that among women during the time who were the biggest audience of Japan's movies, they were all like, fuck yes, Mothra is top fucking monster, and this is why you should make more Mothra movies. But yeah, basically, Mothra is a boss-ass monster who also fucking watches out for us, which is not something that any Godzilla monsters ever do. They're just there, and Mothra's like, yo, I guess we should probably take care of these sad little ants who make cute faces at us. Um, that one's really cute. That one's kind of cute. Look at that one. Look at her saying, I love you, Mothra, so fucking much. <laughs> It's me. I'm that person. We're the best friends forever and ever. Me and Mothra. Amen. Um, It's Martha's dream. It is my dream. (laughs) I am one of the twins. Or I get to hang out, quote unquote, with both of the twins and Mothra. But not in a sexual way with Mothra because that's creepy. (laughs) With uh, Modzilla? (laughs) (laughs) Or Gothra! Yeah, I ship Gothra. <laughs> That's how it goes. So today, Martha and I talked about our OTPs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, I didn't realize this was one of my OTPs, but here we are. Thinking about Gothra and Spoolia. <laughs> Jake. Wash your hands. Keep moving and smiling. And bye stay bike. the fuck inside. Mm-hmm. Because I really want to leave. I really want <laughs> to not be inside forever. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday.